0: Hello everyone, this is uh, Alberto Ferro, your host at uh, Where is the Music Podcast. As you're getting ready for a new musical investigation, preparing your ears and imagination for another journey in the world of music, I would like to remind you that Where is the Music Podcast has no sponsor. It relies entirely on donations from listeners like yourself. You can find a link to my website, albertoferro.com, and to my Patreon account in the episode description. If you like what I do and would like me to continue doing it, I encourage you to become a supporter of the podcast, which publishes an episode every week. Thank you for listening. And now let's find out, where is the music? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Where is the Music Podcast. Today I'm going to open the doors to my piano studio as I did a few months ago when I was practicing a couple of uh, jazz standards with uh, you Um, and I'm gonna play uh, and comment uh, on a piece of music from uh, the real book in this case uh, which I find uh, extremely beautiful Um, I wasn't particularly uh, familiar with uh, with it until, I'll say, uh, this last year the reason in is probably because it's not too close to the repertoire of pianists on one side but also it belongs to um side trajectory of uh, mainstream jazz uh, I'm talking about uh, a song by the guitar player Pat Metheny called midwestern night's dream uh, this tune uh, was released in the album bright size life in uh, 1976 featuring uh, of course Pat on guitar but also Jacopo Pastorius on bass um, before i say anything further i want you to hear how it goes the main the main theme but even more importantly the general uh, general feel this is the main theme and you can uh, already hear how far away we are of any idea of traditional jazz there is no swing, there is no dancing Uh, you can't really think of uh, a drummer pointing at any uh, hard strong uh, drum beat drum groove so what is it about? in a sense it puzzles uh, me but also it inspires me I mean the first connection that they make is with regards to the title Midwestern Night's Dream the references of course to Mendelssohn's uh, Midsummer night sh- Night's Dream uh, taken from Shakespeare's play the atmosphere though here uh, sounds completely different There is magic, yeah, sure, but uh, a lot of melancholy there is something uh, dreamy about this tune, something particularly open, uh, especially if you think about uh, the rhythm there, is the, there are this, uh, all these windows of uh, space uh, with no, uh, no note long resonances that are just meant to you know uh, open our imagination and um, and there is something mm, dark uh, I suspect I think this is why uh, also I think the nights is, is called in to me the darkness is mostly coming out from this uh, perhaps repetition uh, a bit obsessive and uh, a bit sweet. We'll see later how such a groove, such a uh, accompaniment, will be relevant for the point that I want to make more general point of music that I want to make Um, but more importantly the term Midwestern is what strikes my inspiration, my imagination Uh, Midwestern we are obviously referring to the American Midwest uh, which is the north central part of the United States this is a huge area Uh, if you are familiar with the geography of the United States includes uh, states such as Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska North and South Dakota and then uh, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, Wisconsin Uh, but uh, possibly for the purpose of our conversation uh, it's important that it includes the so-called Great plains and the Great Lakes. The first thing, uh, the first thing that I think about when I imagine this geographic area, although I didn't, uh, I haven't been myself, uh, only from movies and uh, songs, I imagine uh, great uh, natural spaces and uh, great countryside landscapes, uh, mountains and lakes. Um, so there is a sense for me in this music that uh, the composer here is responding to the sense of great spaces and uh, uh, a country a land that uh, is inherently part of the uh, life of every every human being that he inhabits this area particularly I read um, was the home of a great variety, a great number of uh, Native American tribes and um, is still culturally uh, strongly related to the farmers and um, in comparison to other parts of uh, the United States, uh, the Midwestern is considered perhaps one of the most, uh, w- let's say, most relaxed, where the life goes a little bit slower and where things are a little bit calmer and quieter uh, where probably uh, people appreciate more for example <laughs> sitting on the porch and enjoying the, the view of uh, of the land in front of you uh, as a European I don't uh, have that much uh, experience or I, re- I re- respond and relate to, to, to the land I belong to in uh, different ways but I find this uh, fascinating so I have the impression that this tune uh, somehow is is able to give me a glimpse of what you will see or you will feel the moment you step out of your of your house and in the Midwest and look at what's surrounding you so as I hear this melody and this uh, slow groove I have already the impression that what I am experiencing, what I'm witnessing is um, some, somehow related to big spaces. Music sometimes has this capability of uh, being able to convey through sound things that are not acoustic, space and time the composer here, padmetini is able to somehow make us uh, imagine a huge space with a lot of air perhaps even great landscapes by letting the strings of his guitar the in my case the piano just resonate freely with long pauses and uh, uh, allowing our mind to wonder where are we? where are we? so this is something that what other what other uh, forms of art can do so universally and at the same time so individually on this tangent we can even start wondering well but if a music uh, can convey something so material like space what other things can it convey and uh, how do musicians composer are able to uh, represent the imaginative space through sound uh, this is a beautiful question uh, one that I have chased the answer all my life and um, very fascinating perhaps we can call this field the bridge between sound and imagination creativity a bridge that for the composer goes one way and for the listener goes in exactly the opposite way from the sound back to the imagination I would also say that the melodic uh, uh, form the melodic design of this piece uh, at least uh, the theme, the way it is conceived somehow alternates um, phrases that are left there unfinished Um, such as this right already left open yes it it continues but it doesn't really sound like an ending Uh, this I was saying uh, contrasting other phrases that seem to have some sort of uh, Stronger impetus forward, um, they gather momentum and they move forward, but not to reach much of a different conclusion such as this right Once again we, we just stop there and contemplate this new, this new harmony and play it again and continue. again things are just left open the main reason why i am, I really enjoy to play this tune particularly uh, is because of the improvisation section and this is where uh, we probably can say more clearly after all uh, the contract that mm, i establish with my listeners here at uh, the where well is the music podcast is that words can just help understanding and explaining the music but words will never be able to get to the core of it for it we just need to open our ears and uh, participate in the listening experience so the improvisation section is built on a loop quite short, it's just uh, 8 bars and um, more than that (laughs) within these eight bars something else keeps looping this Again and again, you already have probably the impression that this song is not going to go anywhere else, uh, and you're right. The idea here is imagine sitting on a porch, on as as, as the sun is setting, and uh, looking at uh, around you. Uh, you have fields of grass, trees, mountains lake, there's no one around, and you uh, probably have seen this picture yesterday, the day before, week before, a year before, and you will probably see it for many uh, years uh, in the future. There is something about being in the same place that speaks to to somehow who you are as a person, your your home that defines you as uh, as an individual, and your home might be the place that just gives you the sense that you are in your in the right place, that, that there is nothing uh, to change about it. This is a good thing, and and um, so there is certainly perhaps a little bit of. Um, uh, mind loop Uh, perhaps uh, the repetition of this chord reminds of um, ideas that uh, keep circling around perhaps the language doesn't develop Um, it's kind of still it's gonna be still the same in a hundred years but at the same time that's uh, where you more truly feel yourself and I think um, Well, let's listen to it again. I'm gonna start improvising. there is the impression that uh, going around and around and around you somehow have the opportunity to contemplate other things than what you see in the surrounding but uh, within yourself perhaps and uh, this is the core of what I want to talk about today because when we uh, are witnessing someone making music, someone improvising, we are witnessing uh, the uh, conversation that someone establishes with themselves and uh, it is not very different from stopping and contemplating your own thoughts, seeing them appearing in your mind and perhaps filtering them trying to determine a trajectory to those thoughts so what the composer does here is what i find the, the most reba- remarkable thing about jazz which is he's uh, writing music that is not meant to lead you but is meant to provide a context for you so here is the context What does this make you think? What thoughts? What ideas? What uh, what rhythms? What trajectory? What uh, how will you dance on this? Uh, the beauty of this perspective is that the composer Pathmithini um, knows that this inspires him. This context inspires him to um, create a conversation with. Uh, himself uh, to inspire his thoughts and his ideas to uh, to emerge and also knows that uh, as in the nature as the nature of jazz somehow uh, requires um, a player who would want to do the same would respond to the context to the environment to the surrounding with uh, his or her own personal, individual take. And then, uh, from there, really, it's really, it's just up to you how do you want to shape this relationship. Um, the remarkable thing that these eight bars of music somehow are able to uh, epitomize very, very clearly, very well, is exactly how linear and simple the context for such uh, conversation with yourself should be how not particularly complex eight bars, a loop, it's just the same chord over and over this is perfect because in this context, a context that becomes familiar pretty much right away to you as a listener and to me as an improviser at the at the third bar already I start uh, responding to it with my own uh, thoughts and ideas and uh, my own creativity the accomplishment here is to realize that in order for this creativity to be triggered, there we go, you just need a simple enough context, uh, very uh, logical, uh, somehow even predictable to the point that uh, you have your own uh, creativity flowing. After all think about it when are you yourself able to come up with uh, your best creative ideas? Perhaps is when you are focused, perhaps in silence in quiet, perhaps when you have no distraction around you isn't this the right context for your own conversation to start emerging, to start getting to the surface and providing you with uh, with new thoughts. Here is what uh, a good musician does. Instead of uh, uh, filling musical space with con- complicated chords and rhythm, uh, well, he just gives you a straight line, a loop. And here we go. <laughs> One can just uh, let thoughts and ideas emerge. It's, uh, uh, that's a beautiful way to think of uh, improvisation. Just two chords and a simple rhythm. To make sure that we don't get lost, he added. And again, the freedom of uh, thoughts that one can, uh, uh, let's say, the one can enjoy, is certainly much larger than. Uh, uh, a typical thirty-two bars jazz standard. Obviously, this is just pretty much two chords, one scale, one key. The rhythm is very, very uh, consistent. So, um, a composition such as this by Pat Metheny wants you to align yourself with it. Is an opportunity offered by him be part of this flow. This is also something that characterizes uh, his own guitar style, his own jazz style. We can point out that the fact that Padmettini during the, the he, he, ca- he came up during the 70s and, and 80s as a uh, new wave, uh, fresh uh, uh, take on, on jazz, but the, the main thing about him is, is that his music does not qualify as typical jazz mainstream he brings the guitar in the conversation which until then uh, was uh, mainly reserved to different genres uh, obviously uh, rock, pop, country and blues Um, jazz certainly had important guitar figures I'm talking about, of course, uh, Charlie Christian, Django Reynard, Wes Montgomery, and many more, especially nowadays. The list is uh, very long. But before then, uh, every uh, guitar player was... American guitar player, tended to be, in the jazz world, tended to be localized within either mainstream jazz or a side branch such as uh, soul funk or fusion just to give you an idea of what what i'm talking about no guitar player would uh, uh, dare to put guitar strumming in his improvisation Pat Metini uh, explicitly um, points at uh, at this uh, technique as something that he really wanted to be uh, part of the um, part of his style. Um, what is strumming? Strumming is a mm. guitar technique that fills the space uh, and uh, keeps the groove, and is related to genres such as uh, pop, rock, and country. Uh, it's a very, I would say, it's probably the most intuitive way of playing the guitar. Um, that's why, in a sense, uh, in the 70s, when jazz had already entered for a while its uh, intellectual phase, uh, along with many experiments and uh, uh, attempts at new ways of expression, into that period, uh, into the uh, phase of the arts, uh, where people were extremely tired of the old ways and they were trying to come up with uh, uh, rebellious and alternative ways of uh, communicating creativity and beauty well no one would have thought that strumming the guitar will enter the world of jazz from the main door Papmetini manages to do that and uh, uh, offers a style that is uh, innovative and uh, at the same time very much referred to tradition um, coming back to this uh, aspect of improvisation I, um, I wonder what would be the best approach for for creativity in this musical context and I'm wondering about it because I notice that not everything works in the same way for example what do you think of this I liked it, but at the same time I had the impression I wanted the, I wanted to feel too much. Uh, so this makes me think, is the conversation I'm trying to establish with this groove uh, uh, one in which I lead, <laughs> one in which I ca- constantly come up with ideas and, and feel it, or is, is a conversation in which I am more inclined to... To listen and contemplate what's the surrounding. Um, let's hear uh, in this new frame of mind if something changes. I don't know what you think, but I felt better. It seemed to me that uh, there was more uh, um, there was more alignment between uh, the context uh, produced by the accompaniment and the general rhythm and uh, and the melody on top and the improvisation. I often think. Of improvisation as the f- this kind of free flow of thoughts and particularly uh, thoughts that uh, might not be very clear, neither completed, neither finished. So sometimes the thought starts, it goes in a certain direction, and as it has started, it just disappears. So one can uh, try to try to catch on and, and maybe force an ending to it or force uh, a continuation but uh, as many of these great improvisers show us uh, very often is much better to to let it go and allow the listener to continue in their own uh, imagination um, okay I'm gonna play one time the the entire song and um, gonna make my final uh, comment afterwards. tune it's fantastic to improvise on it and uh, certainly there are uh, aspects of melancholy and uh, sadness that I did not address but um, I'm sure all of you have caught them and have noticed them so um, nevertheless uh, as I play this I cannot avoid thinking of uh, how far away this tune uh, was originated, far away from me, from my life, from my culture, it was written before I was born by people I never met from a culture I never uh, really learned about or, or experienced really I saw only pictures and movies uh, from that part of the world, And nevertheless uh, there is something we share something particularly profound and universal uh, which is possible to share through this uh, mysterious language that is music uh, this is my final thought, my final comment on the on this tune uh, Midwestern nice Dream by Pat Metini who has been inspiring me All afternoon, and I hope uh, as I I hope has managed to to inspire you as well a little bit uh, today with me. Uh, I'm gonna put a link on it on the description of the episode, and um, uh, that's it. I think Uh, I'll see you the next time here at Where Is the Music Podcast. Thank you very much for uh, listening and, and tuning in with me. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Where Is The Music podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, look up for others. I made a few. I publish an episode every week, roughly, investigating each time a different aspect of music, the music making, the music listening, the meaning of music and its relevance in our lives. It is very helpful for me if you like, subscribe, follow on your favorite platform. Where Is The Music is on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Tune in and Google Podcasts. If you like to support me, you are free to do so through Patreon. Link in description. Thank you again. Until next time.